Welcome to Meanwhile. This is Michael Melcher. In today's episode, we talk about the idea of don't take free samples and how we can apply that in our life, whether it's avoiding nasty food that's offered to us at Costco or unappealing news or information that is offered to us from the world at large. We'll see how this policy of containment and non-reactivity can allow us to actually live more intentionally and focus on the things that are important to us that make a meaningful difference in our lives. Let's get started. Hello, world. Hey, it's Michael Melcher, and this is Meanwhile. Who? Me, Michael Melcher. What? Meanwhile. Yeah, I know. It's been a little while. I had a hiatus. But guess what? Hiatus is over, and uh, no tiresome exclamation required. Life happens. It's happened. And now we're back. Yay. Today's episode is called Don't Take Free Samples. Let me start with some personal history. When I was a kid, I had a fondness for getting free cheese samples at cheese stores. This is probably ages 9 through 12 or so. I was living in Scottsdale, Arizona when my mom was going to grad school, and there are lots of malls in Scottsdale, and at that particular time in the 70s, there were a lot of cheese shops called things like the Cheese Shop or the Cheese Place. They had many cheese offerings. The most exciting for my purposes was the Port Wine Cheese Ball. However, they had lots of other stuff they were trying to push, and so in order to get people in the 70s to try new cheese products, they would give you little samples, and they had this special cheese knife, which was very exciting looking to me, and they would kind of pare away a cheese sample and give it to somebody. I would start cruising around the mall and hanging out in the cheese shop in the hope of getting a sample. Sometimes they would offer it to me. Sometimes I would just stare at the cheese area, Oliver Twist style, and hope they would call on me, and sometimes I would actually ask. And they didn't want any 11-year-old kids waiting for cheese Although I did have a paper route and an income, so I could have been a valid customer. So, haha, on them. I should have pulled one of those pretty woman things. Do you work in commission? Big mistake. But that movie hadn't yet come out. So, I would wait. And on many occasions, they would say, you need to have a parent or some bullshit like that. So, I was torn between wanting the cheese and wanting to avoid humiliation. For a number of years, the cheese wanting side won out. And then at a certain point, I thought, I don't need your bullshit cheese. Uh, I don't need this attitude. I am a high achiever who will go on to great things, and so don't treat me this way. So I stopped lurking around cheese shops, and around that time, I seem to have lost all desire for any kind of free food sample. Which brings me to today and Costco. Periodically, I go to Costco with my kids and sometimes one of our childcare helpers. Costco is known for selling you gigantic containers of stuff that you may or may not need. And they're also known as being a place that has lots of samples. Tuna, weird little hot dogs on sticks, fruit, strange little quiche products. You know the drill. So a few months ago, I went there and our nanny, Sharon, was with us. And she immediately made a beeline to the sample area that was giving what appeared to be some type of cheesecake product that had a few layers and was kind of gooey and was served on these little like paper cupcake wrapper things. And she just grabbed one and then she got another one. And then my kids were a couple years old at the time and they instantly figured out what was going on being good Americans. And so they wanted one. And since these things are purely made out of like white flour and cream and probably some type of corn-based sugar, they ate it in like two seconds and started wanting another one. And in their 
super annoying semi-verbal way. It's like, my, eh, 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 which I felt was a good approximation of the whole Costco energy. And so I just sit there extremely disapprovingly watching our nanny and my kids go to town over these samples and want ever more samples and really never be satisfied. And I observed both what I consider the degrading nature of trying to get free samples, which as we've learned was based on my childhood feelings of rejection, but also the addictive nature of it that like one's not enough, you need more and more. And of course, they're super unnutritious, just a bunch of sugar and fat and kind of nasty, probably creating a bunch of non-recyclable goo consisting of leftover scraps of cheesecakey stuff mixed with cupcake wrapper in the trash, into the landfill, just a tiny little bit more to destroy our planet. Anyway, here's my point. <laughs> so I don't do this anymore. And as you can tell, I'm somewhat disapproving of people who do. But there is a larger lesson here, which is that free is rarely free. When I was a kid trying to get my free cheese, I also got some humiliation along with the milk fat. And when you get free samples at Costco, you just get a bunch of empty calories that kind of addict you to get more empty calories. And more broadly, when we take on other people's stuff for free, it's a drag. So this idea of avoiding free samples has many applications. An easy personal point is don't get involved in other people's stupid stuff. There's not really any point in getting involved in people's relationships, dramas, in giving them unnecessary advice about school or career, in telling them to lose weight, whatever. You don't need to take on other people's stuff. It's just kind of like a free sample and why do you need it? And sometimes people will invite you to take on their free stuff like, don't you think I should lose a few pounds? Or do you really think I should go out with so-and-so? Or, you know, I'm really thinking... um, I'm really having some questions about this relationship. Uh, My advice is just kind of smile vaguely and wait for them to get done or possibly change the subject because there is no benefit in that. More broadly, because of technology and the horrible 24-hour news cycle, we now live in a world of push notifications, which is another type of free sample. Essentially, uh, our whole lives are one big push notification. Currently, that seems to involve push notifications about our horrible political climate, our awful president, the morally debased Republican Party, the future of the Supreme Court, the likely abolition of abortion rights, etc., 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 fill in the blank, blah, blah, blah. just goes on and on. And not only does the reality go on and on, it's constantly kept to the front of our mind because of media pushing it at us all the time. When I go to the gym to do my usually half-hearted but sometimes inspired workouts, it really takes some doing to get away from televisions blaring at me. And it's not just horrible Fox News that I want to avoid with their robotic blonde anchors. It's also even like CNN, MSNBC, like do I really need something chattering at me 24-7 while I'm trying to exercise and be virtuous? No, not really, but it's always there. And it gives you the simulacrum of actually participating in something because I'll see a story or I'll even see one of my buddies like Rachel Maddow talking and I will kind of have a response and I will have the delusion that I'm in some kind of dialogue. Not really. I'm just kind of looking up at this electronic box that is beaming an image that it's also beaming to a zillion other places. Uh, There's no interaction. However charming I find Rachel Maddow, she doesn't really know I exist at that moment. 
And so I'm just kind of staring at this box, at this image that's been created, having an emotional reaction and being under the illusion that I'm somehow involved in that. But I'm actually not. I'm just like cycling through my weird emotions. And of course, this takes on even greater intensity with our handy, beloved or hated, what are they called now? Smartphones? What a dumb title. Our telephones, our apps. There's an app for that. There's an app for losing your sense of agency and being obsessed. I am very limited in my phone usage compared to, I would say, the majority of the population. But I do regularly install and then delete the apps for Washington Post, New York Times, and Politico. And I will then consult them at odd times throughout the day, either because I'm bored or seeking some simulation or my theory is suffering from minor anxiety, which I think is what drives most people. And then I read the tales of the day and get further depressed typically. I do know this is not a great thing, which is why I delete them periodically. But I think there's a larger question here, which is if you are simply reacting to and consuming things and you're in this kind of fake dialogue between you and all the information coming to you, one thing that is not happening is that you are not actually exercising your voice in any meaningful way. And I don't think that cross-posting articles to people who have exactly the same beliefs you do on Facebook or anywhere else is actually having much of a voice. Now, not everybody feels a particular need to go out and you know write books or articles and stuff. And it's probably better if you don't because it's really pretty thankless um, and you don't make any money on it. But I do have that urge. And I have observed that not only has my writing and podcasting cadence suffered of late, meaning the last few years, but even my capacity to read dense material, or not even dense, like read a novel without interrupting myself has gone down. And I blame this on the free samples out there that are forever urging themselves on me in the form of articles and TVs in the gym and so forth. And don't even get me started on Twitter because I don't actually read Twitter. The few times I've looked at it, I'm like, this is so dumb. How do people really get into this? I mean, I can't even find like good Twitter people to follow. I People act as if it's very stimulating, but it just seems so, really so dumb. So I don't do that, but I definitely spend more time than I wish reacting to events. Yes, there are big events in the world, but my reaction to them by reading an article and going into a rage, guess what, does not actually do anything. No more free samples of media. Free samples, bad. Free samples, no value. In the decluttering literature, there is a useful saying Never buy anything at a discount that you wouldn't pay full price for. Pretty brilliant, right? So I think we all have those, you know, $8 sweaters that we picked up at some point that we have then been preserving in our limited closet space for a decade. And yeah, if we wouldn't have paid 40, don't pay 8. And I think there's a similar thing related to media and those sorts of free samples. Like if we wouldn't seek out information on something, if we wouldn't read a thoughtful, dense article, if we wouldn't set aside time to go and investigate things, if we wouldn't use that knowledge to then do something like, I don't know, uh, go work on a political campaign or write a letter or walk down the street holding a poster, then why seek? Why do that at all? Um, just being informed, I don't think, is really a good enough reason. And it's only a limited form of informing oneself because it's just a big pile of information being sent at us. It's not particularly curated by anybody smart, and it's unclear whether 
the free samples of information we get are the ones that are actually useful for us to learn. Okay, one final thought for today. I was reading this interview with Jonathan Franzen, the great writer of The Corrections, who people are mean to, but he is definitely one of the great writers of my entire life. And his books are both really good and kind of hard to read, but useful. And he was talking about how he was told he has road rage. And he said, no, I just get bugged by people who are bad drivers. I do as well. But then he took a little road rage quiz and he answered yes to most of the questions, which put him in the road rage-ish category of person. So what do you do when you're in this? Well, basically, the best way to overcome road rage is to leave an hour early and don't travel when there are lots of people and maybe wake up earlier or take a different route. In other words, you avoid your triggers rather than trying to change how you're reacting to those triggers. And that is my current thinking about the horrors before us on the political scene. It was recently my birthday, yay for me, and it kind of happened on the same day that Kennedy decided to step off the Supreme Court, and I was so upset about that, even though it certainly was no surprise. And I thought, well, how about if I just don't read articles about that and don't watch news about that? That would actually improve my life a lot. It's still going on, but you know what? Lots of things are going on that I'm not necessarily reacting directly to. There are wars around the world there's all kinds of violence occurring, there's environmental degradation, there's this and there's that, and I could, if I wanted to, really read up on some of those things and look at horrible images and be upset, but guess what? I don't. So I think it's fully legitimate to turn your attention away from things that are bothering you unless you're actually going to do something useful with that information. Save your energy so that when you are ready to express your voice and get involved and do what have you, or just make your particular contribution to the world, you can do it with some good energy, not as like a withered, desiccated shell of who you are. Yay. Basically, the don't take free samples idea is a practice of containment and non-reactivity. Don't just read things or react to things or do things or get involved in things because they come at you. Instead, be more intentional about what you want to seek out and what you want to invite in your life. Your homework for this week is to mentally write down the phrase, I'm not going to take that free sample. And then as you go about your daily life, just use it. When you go to Costco or similar places and they offer you the deep fried meat thing made out of tortured chickens, just say, I'm not going to take that free sample or the gooey cheesecake type product. I'm not going to take that free sample. When your friend or acquaintance wants to get your opinion about some unresolvable relationship problem, just think to yourself, eh, I don't want to take that free sample. When push notifications come to you of the horrors of the world or people's annoying opinions, or maybe you'll see Sarah Huckabee Sanders on television lying to everybody, just tell yourself, I'm not going to take that free sample. And notice what kind of space this creates for you in your life, and then what you decide to do with that space. Don't take free samples. It's not good. Figure out what you really want to invite into your life and do that instead. For meanwhile, this is Michael Melcher. I'll be back soon. Miss you. Love you. Keep listening. Tell everybody I'm awesome. And we will triumph over this monstrous government. Bye.